This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Mike Sedita. Hello out there. Welcome to episode 98 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sedita, and we have the pleasure today of being joined by Stacy Perez. She's an attorney with Stacy Perez Legal. Stacy, how are you doing today? I am great, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I am doing fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the Good Neighbor Podcast. A little bit about the Good Neighbor Podcast. Back in 2020, when COVID was crazy around here and businesses couldn't get in front of residents and talk about what they did and charities couldn't get their story out, the Good Neighbor Podcast was started in Southwest Florida. And in the last three and a half years or so, it's grown into a national brand. So we have podcasts from Denver to Atlanta to Virginia. And I'm fortunate enough to be the person here in Tampa that gets to talk to business owners and professionals like you. So with that, tell us a little bit about Stacy Perez Legal. What do you do? Yeah, so um, I'm an attorney. I am born and raised in Tampa, actually, um, which is school here at Gaither High School and uh, over in, in the Carrollwood area. Um, you know, decided to go to law school and worked for the government for a couple years after school and then decided about five years ago that I was ready to start my own practice. And actually September, um, you know, five years ago, I started my own firm and I have been my own boss ever since since. And I got to tell you, Mike, that's probably the best decision that I've ever made. Um, I just really enjoy working for myself, having the flexibility that comes with owning my own business, um, being able to run it the way I want to run it and help people in my community um, in the way that I see fit. So you are the person, you're that one person that's born and raised in Tampa that's still here. Everybody else comes from out of town and you're holding down the fort for the homegrown folks. I am. I'm a native. It's so rare to meet one of us. So I know I thought at first I was like, I thought it was a unicorn on the podcast with me, but then I realized it's just a family law attorney. So I figured, let me ask you this. You said you love working for yourself and congratulations mm-hmm. on the five-year anniversary. Thank How you. big, was there like a moment, did something happen that was like a triggering mm-hmm. moment that you were like, you know what, it's just time or was it a buildup of uh, over a bunch of things that made you kind of make that decision? Yeah, I kind of a little bit of both actually. Um, you know, I had, like I said, I had worked for, um, you know, the government and a couple different aspects um, for a few years and then I went into private practice and um, that just kind of didn't go the way I expected and decided, you know, I'm going to go out, I'm going to work with another attorney who has a solo firm, um, out on their own, see how they do it. And I was so fortunate enough to, um, connect with, um, an attorney named Mike Conley. He's in the new Tampa area. And I worked with him for several years and just kind of learned from him about how to run my own business and how to just kind of handle the, the business side of being an attorney. If you are going to run your own firm. And, um, you know, did that for a few years and got to a point where I felt confident and comfortable enough to say, okay, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to take that next step and go out, hang my own shingle, be my own boss. So let me ask you this kind of made a joke before we came on Mm -hmm. air about, you know, you have this beautiful office in the background there. (laughs) Are you located? Where's your office located and how many folks do you have with you in your office? So it's actually just me in my office. Um, I've got a paralegal. She works remotely from home. Um, but my office is right off of um, Florida Avenue, down by Bears Avenue. It's slightly south of the Apex Publix. If you're familiar with that area, um, you know I can kind of see it from my office if I look north just a little bit. But I'm I real am... close to uh, to that area. So okay, so do you live near? Do you still live in Carrollwood, or do you live whereabouts do you live? I'm a Lutz girl. Um, so oh, I so am that's right an easy commute. 
oh yeah, it's, I have a six minute commute. It is probably the best commute I've ever had, probably will ever have. Um, you know, love it so much. And I just, I just love this area. Like I said, you know, born and raised in this area. Um, I've never left, went to USF for undergrad and then Stetson for law school. And, um, you know, I just, I just love the Tampa Bay area. Your paralegal is the only person with a better commute than you have. But other than that, that is a pretty good commute. The funny thing is when I first moved to Tampa, I lived in new Tampa Mm -hmm. and trying to get to Lutz always just seemed like this, like this out of the way place because there's no direct route you either have to go bears or you have to go county line and you have Mm -hmm. to kind of go around this hub but i always liked the lutes area it was kind of like nestled between like the suburbs of wesley chapel and new tampa and tampa palms and then kind of not quite to the beach yet and some of the stuff over there so i always liked it over there um do you so tell us a little i mean you said you went to usf for undergrad and all that stuff you told us a little bit about your journey what are some of the things, like, what is your, has your core, com- I don't want to say core competency, mm-hmm. but has your main focus always been family law? Um, You know, not right at first. So when I kind of went out, started working with, um, with Mike, the other attorney that I mentioned, um, you know, I was handling a lot of what are called dependency cases. Um, those are going to be cases involving child welfare issues. So, you know, kids that are unfortunately in the foster care system and, yeah. Um, that's what I had done when I was a government attorney. And so when I was out on my own working kind of in that same area uh, or that field rather, and, um, you know, it was with Mike that I started seeing more family law clients come through the door and I thought, okay, you know, this wasn't something that I originally set out to do, but you know, this seems to be the need here in this area. So I'm going to learn this area, um, you know, so that I can better serve my clients. And so that's kind of what I did. And it just kind of really just went from there. And Um, you know, now that's, that's the primary area that I practice in is that family law. I still do some of those child welfare cases. Um, but family law is, is my primary area of practice. Well, that's, that's kind of what I was going to ask when you talked about the Mm -hmm. child welfare cases, that has to be a very like taxing, emotionally taxing type of law to, I mean, divorce Mm -hmm. law is probably a little bit taxing just because there's a lot of emotion involved with it. But, um, Dealing with children cases like that, that has to be extremely like you got to come home at the end of the day and are like mentally drained. Right. I mean, is that was it yeah. better to get away from that for you? It, it definitely can be. I mean, it is such a even with family law, too. Like you said, I mean, it's such a highly emotional area to practice in. Um, so it's really important that if you do practice in those areas, if you work in those areas, that you have an outlet of some kind. Um, so you can kind of take your mind off of those really complex emotional um, you know, things that you're dealing with every day. So that kind of brings me to my next question, which is a great segue. It's almost like we rehearsed this, but we truly did not rehearse it. <laughs> what do you do for fun when you are not involved in these cases that can can kind of bring you down a little? I mean, I know it's not as much of what you do now, but I mean, you have to have some outlet to blow mm-hmm. off steam. So do you jump out of airplanes? Do you hang glide? <laughs> do you uh, scuba dive? What is your hobby that you do to blow off steam? None of the none of the above. Um, what I do do, and you're you're gonna laugh, um, is that I am very very into fantasy football, and I actually have a fantasy football podcast that I do too. Um, so that is something that I am really involved in. Um, kind of gotten more involved in it the last few years, but it is an excellent outlet um, for me personally. Just it's something that I'm passionate about, something that I enjoy, um, and I'm able to kind of you know take. Um, take the stress of my everyday job, my, my, you know, um, family law issues and that kind of thing. And just kind of, 
um, you know, look towards, you know, fun fantasy football things with friends and family and, um, you know, all those things that you just you bring you joy, you know, every day. So many questions. So many questions. So first question is, yes. who in your league had all the Dolphins this week? Not you. <laughs> Not no, I had I had several of Raheem Mostert. I play in a few different leagues here and there. Um, you know, one might call it slightly excessive. Um, you know, however many leagues I have, which is a little fantasy football anonymous. Are you going to fantasy yeah. football anonymous meetings after I'm, your I'm fantasy like draft? Founding member of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Several Dolphins players uh, graced my lineups this week, thankfully. Um, so, gosh, that was that was a game. Crazy. That was a game and a half. <laughs> All right. So then, my next question is. What kind of ridiculously elaborate for someone, a woman who is an attorney who's clearly got attention to detail? What kind of crazy, over the top, ridiculous drafts do you do for your fantasy leagues? Oh gosh. So I actually, this I've been doing it. This was my third year there. Um, I go to Vegas every year um, to draft the last three years. Uh, I go out to Vegas. There's a big tournament that takes place out there, um, kind of like the Super Bowl of fantasy football, so to speak. And um, you know, it's a whole weekend event, you know, goes from Thursday, runs through Saturday, um, right before, right, actually that Thursday that football starts, um, you know, and I draft with uh, a very good friend of mine. Um, we go out there and draft. And then I also go and draft in uh, Louisville, Kentucky for a weekend prior to that. So I do too. Oh, I travel to draft. My God. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas until you draft a bunch of players that you have to now bring home and play against people. So this, all right. So many more questions, Stacey. I am so, this is about your business, but this is, I want to know more now. So yeah. do you, the Vegas draft, is that, mm-hmm. it's obviously not local people. It's people from all over the country. Do you have to like, how do you like how many teams are in this league or is it just a bunch of different leagues and they do a bunch of different drafts like mm-hmm. how, I, yeah it's kind of both kind of both okay so so it, there's a there's several different leagues that you can play in um in this one the group that puts it on it's called the um fantasy football players championship so the ffpc so they host it every year in vegas and they, like i said they have several different kinds of drafts but the one that they're most known for is called their main event and it's a million dollar prize there's several, a couple thousand different teams that are in this, um, you know, league. I want to say, I think around 4,000, um, you know, they do online, but they also do the in-person. Um, so you can, you can draft it online if you want to, you can't make it to Vegas, but I highly, highly recommend going out there. It's a great event. Um, you get to meet all kinds of people that really enjoy the same thing that you do. And it's, it's just, like I said, people from all over the country. I've got friends in California in um you know the pacific northwest over in you know new york upstate new york and um i've just met so many people doing it and it's just it's just brought a lot of fun relationships to my life that i wouldn't have met otherwise okay so here's the next question is i'm assuming you're you're a tampa girl a tampa woman um you're a bucks fan your whole life (laughs) again mike you're probably gonna laugh at this i'm actually a packers fan um, right. I, did not, I didn't grow up a Bucks fan and, and I'll tell you how that came to be. Um, my, my dad and I played fantasy football together when I was a kid and our first ever draft pick was Brett Favre. If this tells you how long okay. ago this was. Okay. Um, so watched a ton of Packer games, got really into it, kind of became a little cheese head. So, uh, so, so you've been to Lambo though. Game. You've been to games at Lambo. I have not been to Lambo. That's on my bucket list. I know. What? I know. Yeah, you go to Vegas in Kentucky for fantasy no. drafts and you haven't done the Lambo leap yet? 
Not yet. Not yet. I might be a little too short to do the lame belief. I might need a boost. Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> you're a Bucks fan. Are you a trash talker? Are you a big trash talker? I wouldn't say big trash talker, although I have been known to, um, to engage in a little trash talk here and there. All right. Okay. I can see that. I don't want to, I don't want to prejudge <laughs> by your look, but I can see a little trash talk, but here's the other big question I have looking at your yeah. beautiful office. Is that an Atlanta Braves tomahawk chop behind you? So yes, sir, it is. Fan. I'm a Braves fan. I, it was, it was, I became a Braves fan, a 90s kid, you know, grew up with them being on TBS all the time. It was before the Rays were, you know, a thing. And um, so love the Rays. Really glad for all the success they've had. Love to go watch them. But I am first and foremost, I'm a Braves girl all the way. Um, hopefully this is their year. But uh, so- that's the World Series. So, um, so I will tell you, all right. So when you became a Braves fan, you're Mm -hmm. talking like early nineties, like Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, that type of, right. Chipper Jones. Absolutely. Chipper Jones. Okay. So now, you know, Mm -hmm. um, on 1990, I was living in Atlanta. So I've been a Braves fan since 1982 ish. I liked the Mets when I was a kid growing up, but then Mm -hmm. a whole bunch of circumstances, (laughs) but the Braves were always on TBS. I liked Dale Murphy. Mm -hmm. They had powder blue uniforms. So Crazy story is I was living in Atlanta in 95 when the Braves won the World Series, spent the night they won the World Series in Buckhead from what I remember of that period in time. (laughs) Um, But flash forward years later, I end up playing slow pitch softball with a guy by the name of Mark Wohlers, who was the closer on the mound Mm -hmm. for the Braves in 95. So funny story is I'm pitching. Mark Wohlers is the right fielder on my team. The guy has a cannon. Like, I mean, he threw 99 miles an hour. Yeah. I pitch a ball, get the guy to hit the ball to right field to him. And as the guy's rounding first, going to third, I'm talking to him on the mound, going, don't run. Do not run on him. <laughs> Mark Wohlers threw a ball 275 feet-ish, never got more than four feet off the ground. Third baseman caught it and had to take three steps up to tag the guy out and he walked <laughs> off the field and I said you're an idiot what do you do why are you running on Mark Willers so um so yes yeah, so a really great guy he used to give us a hard time we would give him a hard time about his hitting and he finally yeah. had to tell us to shut up he's the only person with a major league hit in the dugout so we needed to shut up but I am a huge Braves fan in fact I am going to the Braves game next Friday night I'm flying to Atlanta to go see the Braves play um towards the end of the season just to kind of mm-hmm. get a game in but yeah so that is cool. So you're a sports like person. So hockey, yeah. do you root for the Lightning? Oh, just because, absolutely, I root for the Lightning. Um, I've got season tickets for the Lightning, and it is probably if I had to venture to say, probably the best sports thing to do. One hundred percent, I agree. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. I mean, to be at a ho- baseball games are are great because of the outdoors and the smell of the air and yeah. summer and all that. That I love. Um. Hockey is the most action, and I will be honest. I mean, I've been to hundreds of pro football games. I grew up walking distance to Giant Stadium. Um, okay. But football is the worst sport to watch for me live because, yeah. like, Agreed. if I was, if you and I were going to take a road trip to Lambeau, it would have to be mm-hmm. in September because <laughs> I'm such a baby. I would be freezing yeah. by October first. I'd be like, I can't do it. It's too cold. I'm not going to go and Same sit out here. there in the snow. So <laughs> I can't do it. But and it's just the way football is now. You could watch, I mean, especially if you're doing fantasy football, mm-hmm. you must be, if you were at a football game, you would be like jonesing on your phone looking at scores. Oh, constantly, constantly. Yeah, yeah. I went down to um, Hat Tricks actually yesterday downtown 
um, little sports bar down there, um, right? Um, I guess I can't remember which area it is over in Tampa. Um, but um, went down there, watched all the games. That's kind of my my habit. What I like to do on Sunday is like to go somewhere where I can see all the games happening at once. I have a hard time um, watching football in a bar with people because I'm a football. Like, listen, my team is the Giants. They haven't been great lately, right? But I'm a football snob when it comes to watching it. I, and I admit it, it's a, it's an is- issue. Like, if there's a holding penalty on a play, even if it's on my team, I'll be like, all right, that's holding. Like, I'm not one of these fans that goes, that's ridiculous and fights over every call. Like, pass interference, like, I get dragged to the ground, and you're like, they're like, that wasn't pass interference. I'm like, that was definitely pass interference. What are you looking at? So when I'm in the bar and people do that, I get so frustrated. So I just cannot or have to sit. And I will tell you, you, you won't be able to see this, but like my, I don't know if you can see that. It's my one dog. His name, yeah. his, his name was Eli. Never oh. name your dog after your starting quarterback because every time you yell at the TV, the poor dog thinks you're yelling at him. So we have a similar sickness, except I'm just not as into the fantasy thing. I've, I've had bad experiences with fantasy getting paid my getting paid my winnings. It's always like fighting it out. It needs to be in an escrow account. I need to have an attorney actually document where all my money goes before I get paid out my winnings. So, so all right. So that's pretty awesome. That is really awesome. I love that because the thing is with lawyers. No, I mean I don't have a lawyer joke to insert here, but with lawyers, with doctors, with you know professionals, a lot of times consumers listen like see that designation and almost kind of put you guys on a pedestal so mm-hmm. the whole purpose of doing this with with those types of professions is that they get to see that that's a side of you I'm sure a lot of your friends know but people that are yeah. hearing this might not know that and then the other thing is one of the questions I love to ask people is when has there been a time in your life where you've run into some sort mm-hmm. of hardship or setback where you're like, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to get through this. And then somehow you turned, you know, lemons into lemonade and came out the other side on top. Cause I like people to listen to that because it gives business owners and entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and people a chance to see a different perspective from you. Yeah. So, um, actually my, when I went into private practice right after I kind of done some government work, um, I was working with a firm that shower may nameless um, downtown and, and they had just gone through a a season where they had just hired a lot of people. And and unfortunately they had hired more of us than they actually had business to, to afford. And, um, you know, that's the thing about private practice. You know, if you're not bringing in those clients, bringing in those, you know, those, those funds, that income, you know, you're not gonna be able to pay your people. And, um, it just kind of got to the point where they said, look, we've hired too many people. We're going to have to let some people go. And it was kind of the first in or the last in were the first out. Right. And uh, so, you know, kind of went through that and struggled a little bit and just kind of, you know, feeling a little bit down. And um, thankfully, that was when I had, uh, like I mentioned before, uh, now a couple of times, um, had met up with a friend of mine, Mike uh, Conley, and he, his wife and I had previously worked together. And, um, you know, that at that point, you know, just kind of saying to myself, okay, you know, this one thing that I thought that I wanted to do didn't work out, you know, now I'm going to go. Um, try to drum up business on my own and put myself out there, um, you know, just kind of working for myself essentially um, with this other attorney, you know, who had been doing the same thing, kind of learning from them. Um, and so, you know, just kind of having the confidence to say, okay, you know, this one thing didn't work out. It's not the end of the world. Um, you know, we have a whole host of other opportunities and, you know, we're going to make that work the best that we can. And uh, like I said, it was probably one of the best things that ever happened to me because had that not happened, 
who knows what I would be doing at this point. Um, you know, you know, I know a lot of times, you know, attorneys and bigger firms can, you know, not always be, you know, the happiest in their situation. And, um, you know, I, I feel like being a solo attorney, having my own practice, being able to run it the way I want to run it, um, kind of gives me the best chance to be satisfied in my profession and my career. Um, because this is, this is up to me to make it work. It's up to me to decide how I want to run things. Um, and you know, to do it the way that I think is best. And, that's just, there's something really freeing in being able to work for yourself and have your own business and be able to take ownership of that. And, um, and so I just, I just feel like it, it kind of, it was a hardship at first, but it definitely had led me to the right path where I feel like I'm supposed to be. You know, it, it's funny is like, I, I talked to a lot of realtors too, and, and, and attorneys and going to law school teaches you the law. It doesn't mm-hmm. teach you how to necessarily be a good business person or a good salesperson to bring in accounts. Like that's the, that's the thing. Right. And, and real estate is kind of the same thing. Like, excuse me, real estate agents learn how to write contracts and learn the codes Mm -hmm. for all the real estate, but then they have to actually get out and and practicing it is a different animal than Mm -hmm. learning it. And I think that it is really a testament to having that relationship with Mike's wife Mm -hmm. to be able to parlay that into that, I don't necessarily want to call him your mentor, but sort of like that person who helped you bridge to get to where you are now. So mm-hmm. there's a catch 22. Like you talk about lawyers in a bigger firm, right? Like there are so many people that love having like my ex-wife, great lover. She has a job that is secure. She, she has mm-hmm. tasks to do. That's what she's good at. She knows how to do it. She's an executive for a big insurance company. Um, and she does those things. Me, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, mm-hmm. I've started ad agencies. I've done all sorts of different stuff. And I always liked that part of it. But do you have like a, a sounding board? you have family, friends, mm-hmm. associates that is like you're when you're going down a road? Because if you're a solo practice, who's your go-to person? Like, is it still Mike? Do you go to him and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And give some experience. So I, I'm so fortunate because, um, you know, through my relationships, actually working when I was first right out of law school um, and working with the attorney general's office, I made friends with a lot of attorneys who were on the kind of other side of the aisle, so to speak, right. who were out there running their own practices, you know, doing their own thing. And those are relationships that I'm still, you know, friends with those people now and feel like I can call on them if I have a question about something, if I have a case that I just don't know what to do with, you know, I can call them, talk to them see if they've gone through the same thing, uh, if they can point me in the right direction. Um, And then also, too, there were several um, women that I worked with at the attorney general's office when I was right out of school who have now gone out to start their own practices as well well, and do things that are very similar to what I do. And so we've all stayed close and, um, you know, we're able to, you know, talk to each other almost on a daily basis and just say, how are things going? You know, how can we help each other? Um, you know, just be successful in this area. And it's been, it's, if you, if you are in my position and you don't have that kind of community, I can't imagine how difficult it must be um, yeah. every day just to kind of get through things. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate in that regard, I think. So one of the questions I like to ask, and I'm going to change it a little bit is generally like, what is one thing people need to know about your practice? But mm-hmm. before we get kind of get into that, what would be your bread and butter? Like what are, I mean, I'm sure your cases range a whole broad uh, spectrum of family law type stuff. Mm -hmm. Are you doing like uh, we talk about child welfare stuff, but is it Mm -hmm. um, is it kids who get in trouble? Family law? Is it 
doing um, family, like um, that wills and estates, does that fall under family law? Like what is your garden variety day-to-day thing that you are doing the most of? So um, I don't do any wills or trusts or estate planning, anything like that. Um, I would definitely refer you to an estate planning attorney who is very good with taxes. And that is something that is not my, in my wheelhouse. Math is um, not, taxes and math are not your thing? Absolutely not. Except no, if it's counting not. up, except if it's counting up player scores. Yes. Yeah. I can, I can divide by 10 real well. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I like to joke around and say, I did not go to math school. I went to law school. And uh, so math, math is not my favorite thing, which the joke is kind of on me now because I get to calculate child support numbers all the time. Okay. So uh, <laughs> thank goodness for computers these days. Yeah. yeah. They, um, have, they have programs for that though, right? I mean, isn't it like you just put do. in the parameters and the numbers kind of come out, right? Yes. And thank, thankfully they do have computers for that nowadays. <laughs> but, so that's, um, that's majority of what you're doing. Yeah. That kind of thing, you know, obviously divorces, both uncontested and contested divorces are going to be the majority of the cases that come through my door. Um, issues involving, you know, maybe you're having an issue with your ex, you know, about custody, about, um, you know, your time sharing arrangement, or maybe it is about child support, that right. kind of thing. Those are things that I help with as well. Um, all sorts of things in family law just kind of encompasses such a large area because, you know, you're also talking about um, prenuptial agreements. You know, those are going to be kind of things that I can help with too. And um, even in name changes. And a lot of people don't think about that, but name right. changes are something that I do every once in a while as well. So um, family law just encompasses a ton of different aspects, but I would say probably the majority is going to be you know, surrounding those kind of like divorce issues, time sharing, disagreements, those kind of things. Okay. So let me ask you this question before we start Mm -hmm. to wrap this up. Divorce and marital law type things. Does it jade your view on that type of stuff? Does it jade your view on the, the, uh, whatever the sacrament, the institution (laughs) of marriage, does it change your view on any of that? Because you see kind of the darker side of it. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that. So I am divorced myself. Um, that all actually happened before I became a family law attorney. Um, but you know, it, it just, and I, I try to be optimistic about those things. I think in general, I'm just an optimistic person. Um, but you know, I think it has definitely made me more aware of different, I'm going to say red flags that I see that are common themes throughout my cases. Um, you know, things that come up that, you know, eventually do lead, you know, to somebody knocking on my door. And um, I think it's just like finances, things like yes, that. Definitely behaviors, that kind of thing. That kind of makes me a little bit more, you know, okay, a little more cautious, a little more aware um, out there. I just eyes a little bit more open, but I wouldn't use the term jaded, but okay. you know, who knows? Ask, ask me in uh, 15 years. <laughs> My yeah. answer might be different. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny. So I've been divorced twice. Okay? okay. So I know I look like I'm so young. I know everybody <laughs> says it, please. <laughs> The gray hair in my beard gives it away. But um, the reality is, like, I'm still friendly with both of my ex-wives. There are no kids involved. Um, you know, there's all sorts of stuff. But sometimes things just kind of go off a path. And you, But I can see, like, I've seen some terrible, terrible breakups. And I think for me, mm-hmm. if I had to sit and look at that all day, you know, a lot of that, I, I don't know. Maybe your optimistic outlook is a great thing to have in that regard because – I think after a while, I would just be like, oh, he's lying. Oh, she's cheating. Like, it would just kind of just, you know, I, I don't know. I'd pre-jump. I, I think I would. That's why I do marketing and host a podcast instead of deal with people's marital issues. Um, so 
what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? If if I'm you know thinking about uh, leaving my 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 wife, or if I'm thinking I need to contact somebody to mm-hmm. to rearrange my child support because I know my ex husband got a huge raise or hit the lottery, yeah. how do we get a hold of you? What's the best way to do that? So there's a couple different ways. So if you are really tech savvy and you know love being online and hate calling people up on the phone, you can go on my website and I have a link to my online calendar. Um, it's going to take you to the calendar where you're able to look and see when I'm available, pick out a day that works best for you. It's going to have you sign up, put some of your information in. It's going to send it to me and it's going to put it right on my calendar. Um, so you can do all that without having to pick up a phone, um, which I know, you know, in the year 2023, uh, nobody likes talking on the phone anymore. Um, so, uh, but if you do happen to like talking on the phone, you can always give me a call. My number is 813-575-0820. Um, you can give me a call and we will get you set up on the calendar as well. Um, but yeah, those are going to be the best two ways to reach out and get something set up and, um, and uh, you know, be able to talk with me and, and hopefully, you know, I can guide you uh, through your situation. Stacey, thank you so much for being on the Good Neighbor Podcast. Guys, if you are listening to this and you want to give Stacey a call, it's 813-575-0820, or you can go to her website, just like you would sign up for the Good Neighbor mm-hmm. Podcast, see when her calendar is available, and you can uh, set up a consultation and let her help you with your situation. Thank you for being a good neighbor. Thank you for being on the Good Neighbor Podcast. You have an amazing afternoon. Thanks for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Passcode. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnppasco.com. That's gnppasco.com or call 813-922-3610.